Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into a movement. Action! All right, welcome all humans in the present and the future that are watching or listening to this recording. Welcome to our fourth Creators Club event in our workshop week. Uh, today is about emergent leadership with Chayla Davison, who I'll introduce in just a moment. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, check on the Creators Club page at magicmedia.com slash creators club to find all the recordings from this week, as well as templates. Yesterday, we did a podcasting blitz where you got a podcast outreach email, you did a bunch of research, and then you reached out to a bunch of podcasts and interviews. I personally reached out to nine new podcasts. I've already heard from one. That was just yesterday morning. So that's fun. Um, and we've also done a workshop on building a community and membership, how to get off social media, how do you cultivate it, what kind of business models could potentially exist for you inside the scope of building your own membership space, uh, what tech to use, all the things that was covered on Monday. And then Claudia Miro from the Inspired Brand did a Build Your Inspired Brand Ask Me Anything session. And that is also available in the recordings. So the Creators Club is a space for folks like you who are creators, who are building your business, who are offering your services that might be doing podcasting or wanting to do podcasting, building online courses, trainings, coaching, all the things that you do on the internet as somebody that's offering transformational services and you wanna go a level up from where you are right now and get the extra support. We have four coaches inside the Creators Club and all of our members are also coaches, creators, transformational facilitators. And if that sounds juicy to you, check out the page, apply, even the application form alone will set you in a good space because it gets you thinking about what is the next level you're trying to get to and what resources do you need what support do you need? What coaching do you need to actually get to that next level? And perhaps we're a fit. Take a look and apply if you feel it. Now, today, today we are diving into emergent leadership, which I'm going to be a participant sitting in the, the participant bench today, which feels really good. And I'm going to pass it over to Chela. Chela, could you, you're the newest coach inside of the Creators Club. Just so excited. You and I started to work together on building something special and magical, which I'm not going to have a spoiler alert. But then as we got working together, I was just like, we need you inside the club as a coach. So now here we are. And this is your, your introductory workshop that we're going to get to do. So welcome to the club. And Maybe if you want to just share a little bit about yourself and then you can dive into this magical journey we're going on. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to be embarking on this uh, new journey, both as a coach in here, but also in this workshop. So I am an integral coach and also kind of hold as a leadership development coach. So my primary place of working with people is around realizing their calling. That's really the kind of core of what I do. And my kind of accidental niche over the last 13 years has ended up being a lot of online entrepreneurs, creatives, um, transformational, a lot of coaches, therapists, um, authors. That's been my space. So I've been rolling and playing in this space for a long time. And I've got a pretty 
specific way that I work and play and the the spirit of or the topic of emergence, which is what we're doing today, is the territory I love to be in. So I want to share a little bit about what do I mean by that and how does that apply to us here? And, you know, what I really love that you just said, Bradley, was like when you want to go to your next level. So wherever we are, whatever we're working through, if we have a vision for something new, usually we're going to start to bump up against the edges of our capacity. We might need new skills, uh, you know, something like the Creators Club where we get some technical skills and support. Sometimes it's really technical stuff. Other times it can be interior capacities. You know, when you start to hit fear or really old stories or there's some pattern that's coming up and it's like, man, this has been here for a long time and it used to work for me, but it's not working so much or it's not going to get me to the next place that I want to go. So when I, when I talk about emergent leadership, I'm thinking about how do we lead ourselves? How do we lead our businesses? How do we lead our initiatives to have the impact that we want to have? And what's emerging and what how are we emerging to grow into this new place? And what I find anytime I've worked with an entrepreneur, there's as soon as we have a vision, especially if it feels big and exciting and comp- compelling and like, oh, I'm called to that will typically start to feel the gap. And sometimes when we feel the gap, like, oh, there's some stuff to do there, whether it's inner work or outer work, there's something that I need to cross in that gap. And what can come up are fears, doubts, uh, historical stories that start to block us from being able to actually traverse in a way that we feel confident and stoked. So that's where I play is how do we close that gap? And that's a bit of what I would like to play with today with the participants that are here. And if you're watching the recording, um, my invitation is if you can do this with as little distraction as possible, I'll out myself here when I watch recordings. It's usually like when I'm cooking dinner and the kids are around. And so that's fair. And if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. And when we start to get into, there will be a few moments where I'm going to invite you to do some writing and some reflection. And if you can take those moments to pause the video, take some time, you're just going to get way more out of this. And for folks also watching the recording, we're going to be interacting. And so for you guys who are here live, I'll be sharing where we're heading in a moment together. One of the things that can be so supportive in helping us move to somewhere new that we want to move is being able to see what's happening for other people. It's part of what got me really excited about joining this club and being a coach in this club is when we hear other people's experiences, other people's challenges, other people's successes, um, what other people are wrestling with. And we can go, oh, not only am I wrestling with that too, but I kind of saw it this way. And now that I see it that way, something I didn't see opened. So for us here, Not only do we get to do our own work and you all get to be participants and we get to experiment and explore together, for those who are watching, it gets to be a gift to see more about ourselves when we see more about other people. So that's the spirit of it. And where I'd like to start to play immediately is is sharing a little bit of context for moving from here to here. And what I mean by from here to here is we are going to start with exploring Well, what's an edge 
I like to call it a growing edge. It's like, I'm growing into this edge. What's a growing edge that you're at right now with your work? What are you growing into? And what feels like somewhat challenging? Yeah, you with me? Okay, so I'd love for everybody to take a moment to just think of, so you can think about it in terms of a topic. Like, all right, there's some kind of topic, some edgy thing that I'm working with that I know I need to pay attention to, to make my next leap. So I'm gonna invite everybody to take a minute or so and write it down. And again, if you're watching from home, we're not, we don't need to pause it because we're doing this in real time. So what's something edgy, challenging, where you feel blocked, stopped, scared? Annoyed, uh, this again, like that. And then when you've got something, look up or change your body posture. So I, I know, okay, everyone have something. Okay, this is where we do the be brave on behalf of the collective. Would anybody, I'd love to hear from someone. Would anyone love to share? What's your area? Yeah, Bradley. I'll throw myself into the fire to start. Right. All right. Uh, so this has to do with um, Magic Kids. So on the magic media side of things, um, it's always been myself, the partners we're working with and our small team, whereas magic kids on the, the weekly basis, I'm, uh, in communications with a couple dozen, uh, team members, artists, creators. We have, uh, many multiple projects that are all simultaneously happening I'm the creative director, the executive producer. I'm also one of the artists inside of the, the container. Um, and so it's, uh, I was showing my wife yesterday, like the, the number of communications I have on a daily basis is uh, way more than I've ever had in my life. And so there's the quality control component of uh, ensuring that I have a high standard of quality in my direction which requires me to have space for focus and reflection when I am uh, offering feedback on things. Uh, and it's also uh, ensuring and putting my trust in the artists and the team that I have to, um, to do their very best work and to find uh, quick and creative ways to inspire them to take it up a level when it's necessary. Uh, and then I guess the other <clears throat> big gap that I'm going through is uh, Magic Kids is a uh, we're baby still and we're building an app which is a lot of money to build what we're building and we're publishing uh, so many different pieces of content the audio stories the music the imagination meditations the books which is a big expense as well while we're investing in working with one of the world's leading uh, comedy ads writers and so there's <clears throat> Uh, days where 
uh, I look at my expense report and it feels like our company is a vacuum, but I see what we're building. I see the people we're drawing to us and we're in this like stage of leaping. And I'm also um, negotiating large sponsorships, which would replace the need for investments. I'm also negotiating with investors who want to invest. And so there's all these like CEO conversations that I'm having to have and CEO responsibilities and reading of contracts and refining our contracts. And um, there's just, uh, you know, I've been 18, 19 years as an entrepreneur, but I never really looked at myself as a CEO in that. I was always a creator, but now I am a creator. I'm an artist. I'm a director and I am also a CEO and there's a lot of responsibility that falls on my shoulders in that role and in that role of, of communications with so many different people and ensuring that I keep my head on and that I'm remembering all the things I have to remember. Uh, and it's, it's a whole new level that I uh, have been accessing this, this last year. And I think I'm doing pretty good, but um, I, I think the gap is like at the end of the day, I feel like I've um, I feel dizzy because it's just like so many things have happened in like Celeste asked me questions about my day. And I'm like, I don't remember. She's like, did you do that? I was like, I don't remember. Like so many things happened in my six and a half hour workday that is like literally just kind of a blur. But I know so many things because like I did all my jobs, but then I also directed half a dozen to a dozen people that were also moving their pieces forward. So yeah, it's, um, it's really wild to be in this stage. And with my vision of what I'm trying to do, Magic Kids will grow into collaboration with hundreds of artists. And so as I'm at this scale where we've collaborated with 50, 60 artists, I'm imagining what systems do we need to uh, fine tune and develop in order to be able to handle that type of scale as we grow into that. So yeah, that's my gap right now. That is a wow, beautiful, that's huge. And so in, in all of what you've just shared, what it sounds like is like, there's a real identity leap. So there's all the stuff that you're doing and managing. And what really stood out for me as you were saying that is like, oh, CEO role. Yeah. And it's going, okay, what systems are going to be needed? So there's the external pieces, but it sounds like part of it is your own identity movement into this new place. And, yeah. and how do I kind of keep this all going? And I also really cued on. So in, in a little bit, I want to circle back to this, but I want to name what it, that I feel dizzy at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. With, with the muchness. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Anyone else? Another, like, what's my edge? What are, what's the thing in that you're, you're leaping and challenged in that leap? Jump in there. It's good therapy, everybody. <laughs> Are you heading in for that mute? I thought so, Diane. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I just got back from a women's retreat and came back to, you know, it's such a peaceful place to be. And then I came back to, you know, everything just hitting the fan and, um, and it's all good stuff. You know, it's, I'm, I'm getting, I'm an artist, so I'm getting ready for an art show. Um, I have a really good lead on, on a local guy that can help me record, <laughs> but I just, I feel like I need to just, you know, my edge is I've got to step back and I've got to like reorganize and, and 
reset the priorities and reset the calendar because I feel like I've just been like hit with everything that's going on. I was teaching yesterday. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on. And like I said, it's all good, but it's, I just, I really want to keep my eye on, you know, I want to keep focused. And this is what sabotages me is that, you know, opportunities come at me left and right. And then I just, you know, I, I just totally implode. So I just, you know, need to, like it becomes overwhelming and then it does. And and yeah. what is when you say totally implode, what does that what does that mean either in your experience or behaviorally? I, I just maybe what I mean to say is that I feel like I don't do my best work. And I'm I'm such a stickler for myself to do 150% with what I put out there. And um, you know, like this morning I was up in my art studio and I'm struggling with these pieces, and it's not it's it's a it's a small work show where you have x number of pieces for under $125 and when i put my work out there just the frame alone is probably like $300 so how does that make sense so maybe i shouldn't be in the show right um it's a long time gallery relationship that i don't like to let them down um mm-hmm. you know but i i spent my morning struggling and i'm still not any further so I just have to, I, I just feel like I have to just reprioritize and, you know, I just, I have the little voice that keeps saying, you know, you got to keep moving forward with the meditations. You got to keep, you know, I just keep telling myself that. So I just kind of came to the conclusion that I just need to have a moment and really sit down and do that whiteboard thing. So beautiful. Awesome. Okay. So what I hear in, in, like the, the edge you, you said a couple of times, I need to reprioritize. I need to reprioritize. So if we were to be bringing like a topic statement an edge statement to this, what I hear with Bradley is okay. Really growing into an owning CEO and what that means as, as an identity and how I'm showing up and navigating this, what leaves me dizzy at the end of the day. And what I'm hearing with you is, Oh, you're expanding in some new ways that are asking you to step back big picture reprioritize. And what, what I caught there when you were talking about, oh, longstanding relationship with the gallery is there may actually be some things that your heart doesn't want to let go of, but you need to let go of for what's emerging. Does that fit for you? I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's funny because I, in, in my communication with the gallery owner, I'm like, um, you know, cause he, he, he actually moved up the deadline for the artwork, which, um, really threw me off. And I'm like, Hey, if it doesn't work out, you know, no big deal. I can skip this show. Oh no, you don't need to skip this show. We can get you to, you know, we, you're like, so it just saying was, (laughs) he wasn't letting me off the hook. So, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. So, um, I'm not going to hear from you other two right now. What I want to move us into the next piece that we're all going to play with. And again, for those watching, this could be a moment if you feel like you've kind of, you've written down a lot, this would be a great moment to pause the video and then see if you can distill it down to like one statement, like I just did um, with both Diane and Bradley here so that you kind of go, okay, this is what I'm targeting. And the next thing I want to talk about and introduce us to are the notion of ways of being. And so this is something that I work with a lot in my work is we have a current way of being and that current way of being 
offer something. And then when it comes to wanting change, there's going to be some limits. And so what do I mean by a current way of being? We all have a way. And usually it's far easier to see other people's way than our own way. Like, have you ever had somebody say something to you? Well, you know, you're kind of like this and you're like, I am. And then you start to kind of notice, but you never saw it. And then you tell other people and they're like, oh yeah, you're totally that way. What? I am? So we have these ways of being in the world that just occur like the way things are. We have a set of beliefs. We have behavioral patterns. We have ways of interpreting things, but they don't feel like interpretations. They feel like the truth. It's just how the world is and how I am and how you are and how things are. It's often easier to see other people. So some examples of this could be like, well, for those, so for those who've been in the creators club, like, you know, how Bradley is, right? And when I say that something's going to conjure of how Bradley is, um, or in a family, it's like, well, all the kids know how mom is. We all know how mom is. You can even put it in cultural context. Well, we all know how Americans are. Yeah, you know how those Canadians are, right? So we have these ways of when we're outside of it, there's a way, someone has a way. So we all have a way. And sometimes when we're in a place of real challenge or suffering with a recurring pattern, it can be like, oh, why does this thing keep happening? Why do I keep finding myself in the same situations? Or I'm not able to build the habit I want to build, or I haven't been able to break the habit that I want to break. And there are going to be operating beliefs and behaviors that are, um, that reinforce themselves. So when I work with people in a change process, when we want to, we have a sticky topic and we want to move from where we currently are to somewhere new, we're going to look at, well, what's our current way of being and how do we take it from something that's operating back here? Like it's unconsciously leading us. And so we do the same things and we say the same things and we approach things the same way. And then we bring it. Oh, I dropped my pen. Here, I have another one. And then we bring it out here so we can see it and go, oh, there I am. There's that way of being playing out again. Is this, are you with me so far? Is this making sense? Yeah. Okay, great. So when we are wanting to grow and change, our current way of being is basically is our best effort to carry out what matters to us so far. And it's got some really great features. Our way of being is in place for a reason. It's gotten us to where we are. It works for us in a lot of ways. But in the area of this particular topic, there's there are limits. And so the way that I love to play, and I'm going to inter- invite us to work in this way, is with images or metaphors, because when we can start to see something as a metaphor, now it's not all of who we are, it's a part of who we are. So I'm gonna share a personal example and then I'm going to bring us back into a little bit of work. So a number of years ago, um, I was really wanting to step into my work more fully. I wanted to really like claim my voice and my leadership. And I was really had this kind of way of starting things and then stopping them and then starting another thing and then not following through on it and taking on too many things. And then they'd all kind of fall apart. And there was like this real kind of from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing. You got the vibe. Yeah. Okay. So a metaphor somebody gave for me was the desperate hummingbird. 
Now, I really kind of hated the word desperate, but it was true. I was like desperate to make these things work. But there was this kind of energy of flitting from flower to flower to flower to flower. And just by having that imagery, I could start to see when something would lose its allure, like it's a wilty flower, I want to jump over here. And then I want to jump over here. I could see how my pace was so fast that I couldn't land. And so by using an image to start to catch on to our way, suddenly it's not like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why can't I stick to things? It's like, oh, look, I want to move away from this challenge. The hummingbird wants to move away from this challenge. Can I take a deep breath and stay with this thing all the way through to the end? Yeah. Can you feel that? The value of that? So that's what I'd like to play with today is see, can we, can we uncover what's our current way of being? And it's super hard. If you're starting to think what's yours, it's really hard to do that with yourself, which is why I do it with other people because we can't see our own way. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I'd love to do is I'm going to lead you through a little bit of a process. And then we're going to see if we can start to catch on to our ways of being. So the first is you've got this topic that you've written down. And I would love for you to take a few minutes to write some answers to some prompts. And so the first question, usually it's easiest for us to catch on to behavioral problems because they're more objective or behavioral challenges because they're more objective. So um, around this issue, Again, Diane, if it's like, oh, I, I need to I need to be stepping back and prioritizing. Oh, but something stops you from doing that. And maybe it's the onslaught and the busyness. So what we're taking, I'm using you as an example to kind of try and ground it out of theoretical here. Hope that's okay. Great. So what is one, maybe two behavioral patterns around this topic that you notice for yourself? Things that you tend to repeatedly do or not do that are a part of this topic, not good or bad. They're just the current landscape of behavior. Okay, everybody got something? Great. And if you need more time, let me know. And if you're watching this um, in non-linear time on your recording and you want a little bit more time, you can pause the video, of course, and take a bit more time. Really make it work for you. So when we have a behavioral pattern, there's something that we believe about it. Some people like to call these limiting beliefs. I prefer conditional belief uh, because there are conditions around things. So there's some kind of way of seeing that guides these behavioral patterns. So I want to actually give a concrete example of this, um, of a client who was having a really hard time saying no. And what she was finding is the behavior would be, I want to say no, I have too much on my plate. I'm the one that everybody comes to me with all their things. And then I keep saying yes, I keep saying I'm going to set a boundary and then I don't set a boundary. I don't know what's going on. 
Okay. That was the territory. And the behavior is I say yes when I want to say no. And so then we, we, we looked and we went, well, what do you, what, what has her saying yes when she wants to say no? Cause you would think she's got other priorities herself. Why, why, why is it so hard to say no? And the belief that she got to was, um, I really believe that my value is in helping people. I really feel valuable when I help people, even if I feel resentful. Okay. So if I have a belief that as long as I'm helping others, I'm valuable. What happens when I say no to my sense of value? So it's not as simple as a no. It's like my sense of value is threatened the second I say no to somebody. And so it's really disruptive. It was really disruptive for her, her self-identity. And so that's what we're, and this can sometimes be a little harder to, to find. And I'm happy to work with anybody to try and find what that is, is what is a belief or a self-identity that seems to be keeping the action pattern in place? So first, take a moment or two to write that down. You can even just like free write. Sometimes that can help get it out. What's a, what's a belief or self-identity that seems to be part of this behavior pattern? I I can volunteer. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, I close my laptop. Technically, I should be trying to detach, to give space, to carry a pocket journal in case new ideas arise while I'm done work. But I habitually will check my email several more times before I go to sleep um, when I'm in family mode. Uh, as just a habit. And so the belief uh, around um, checking the email is I'm 18 plus years of earning my money online. And so email equals survival. My email and my money are directly related to each other. How I make money, how I survive, how I move my life forward and take care of my family is directly related to my email. And so I feel like there's, uh, there's a belief system connected between, am I still okay? Checking my email. Is everything still okay? Okay. It's okay. I can be okay for the next little bit. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, it's something I've like thought about before, but just writing it down on my son's piece of cardboard has really changed my life. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Beautiful. Okay, great. So what I, what I'd love to shine light on here is the, the depth of significance of this. So one could say, and I don't know if Celeste ever gets on your case. I've certainly gone on my hub's case. Can you just put your effing phone away? No, because putting my phone away, means I might not be able to feed you. That's what it feels like in your body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is like, that's a really, really big deal. So I need to check. And then when you check, right. And there's no emergency, nobody's like, I'm suing you. I want a refund. Right. Then your nervous system settles. Yeah. So it sounds like part of the pattern is like, there's a way of seeing that says, as long as I ensure that everything in the company is going well 24 seven, 
then I can relax and I know I'm safe and can provide for my family. I, I think there's also the desire for dopamine because on a daily basis, I do get a lot of great news. I get messages from my, my team who are like, here's an update on this thing. It's like, yes, it's happening. Or, you know, here's something to check out. It's like, there's also this like feeling of importance and significance of like the thing is moving. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like the survival pieces, uh, it's kind of the root part of it. Cause mm-hmm. I did, I mean, my first 12 years as an entrepreneur were mostly month to month. We would get some big payouts from time to time, but a lot of it was like, what are we creating this month that's going to bring value and also that's going to pay all of the bills, pay my team, all the things. And so there, there was like a, you know, 12, 12 years, there's 144 months in a row of like, we're making it this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, there's definitely, it's deep. It goes deep. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for sharing that. You know, and, and I think that I can hear both sides of the coin too, is because you said the dopamine part, and it sounds like that's all part of it is yeah. the identity of being somebody significant who doesn't want to feel significant and successful and like I'm doing a good job and I'm contributing. And so that gets bolstered as well. So it sounds yeah. like it's both. It's yeah. avoiding the pain of is it going to collapse? And I'm ooh, I'm making sure we're secure and okay. And like, oh, I'm good and okay. I'm good and okay. I'm delivering. I'm yeah. successful. So it's that identity's being reinforced too. Okay. Let's all take a breath. <sighs> Great example. So what it sounds like is there are, so this way of being, actually, do you, can I keep working with you on this? Okay. So I'm going to invite all of us. I am now certifying all of you as coaches in this process with Bradley. So I want to show um, you to have the direct experience of, and then those watching an experience that we can have and support each other in. And this is one of the really cool things in the club is that it's not just about um, top-down transmission of here's what you do. But when you are in a collaborative space with other people, we can all contribute our gifts and what we see to each other. So I I love that, um, you know, you as the founder of Magic Media who started the Creators Club, you jumped in and said, I'll be the guy. So now we're all going to shine some love on you here with a neat little process. So I'm going to invite everybody to close your eyes for a moment. If it feels comfortable to close your eyes or downcast and soften your gaze and take a nice deep breath, bringing Bradley into your awareness. And feeling into what he just shared. So there's big expansion. He's been in this for years and there's this big expansion happening. A lot more communication, more emails to look at, more hits to get, more security to ensure. And as you feel into this, see if you can tune into what deeply matters to him. From what he shared with you so far, What does he care about? What is he trying to ensure does happen? 
doesn't happen. Feel into his energy, the way he behaves, the way he moves. What is it that has him think the way he thinks and go the way he goes, act the way he acts? And now take a nice deep breath in. And exhale. What kind of image or metaphor comes to mind? No need to figure anything out. If nothing comes, just relax. Maybe it's a statement, a motto. an image, a metaphor that feels like Bradley's Bradliness doesn't need to make sense. And if it doesn't make sense, that's even better. Take a moment and write it down. And once you've got something, come on back and close your eyes again and feel into the aspirational self. Bradley's desire to settle into CEO and be able to turn off and be with his family. To really trust what he's done and let it go. From what you sense of this new edge, this new space for this dear, brilliant, loving, creative man, what's a new way of being, a new image? a new metaphor, something that if this little bit of newness was present, might help what he's reaching for. Taking your time, there's no getting it right. Anything you see or heard, go ahead and write it down. Okay, and let's just shake our bodies a little bit. Everybody see something? Get something? Okay. So this is the part that's like so vulnerable, maybe for Bradley, but probably more so for us, is I'm going to invite if anybody wants to share, what image did you get for this current way 
And, and here's a little bit of coaching around this is, so this process that we just did, this is a micro practice of moving ourselves from our figure it out mind to dropping down into emergence. Part of the magic of metaphor is that these images or sensations or, oh, it's kind of like this, they, they can speak things to us that our rational mind isn't going to um, be able to do on its own. So that's the spirit of it. So sometimes people go, well, I don't know. This is like something weird. I don't know. And then somebody goes, oh, wow. Like I just had a dream about that last week. So we'll see. Now is our opportunity where we get to offer. Here's what I see for you, Brad. What's this current way of being? What's it like? So would anyone like to share? Yeah, Neil. <clears throat> sure, I can go ahead. Um, I'm glad there's no wrong answer here. Uh, no wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so when you said metaphor, that made it a lot easier because you could just imagine something. So the first part, I guess, and it's maybe weird, but imagine Bradley as a shepherd and he has his flock, right? And like all these different sheep and he cares about each one tremendously. And each one is important to his survival as well. Um, so he has to kind of make sure they're always there and keep checking. Oh, nope, still there. Still there. Oh, that one's still, yeah, that one's doing well. Oh, it's eating. That's good. You know? Um, but now he kind of, and, and that could be anything. So he has the, the magic media flock. He has the magic kids flock. So he has all these flocks he's looking after. He has his family. He has his community, the men's group on the island, the community on the island. He has all these flocks. So now he has to maybe be the Lord of the land and like, like kind of have all these other shepherds mm -hmm. kind of working for him, you know? So, um, and that might be a, a strange thing to not be on the ground in the field, you know, just kind of checking in with the shepherds and hearing how they, how everything's going, maybe something like that. Cool. How does that feel for you, Bradley? That sounds like my life. <laughs> <laughs> and very similar, similar-ish to what, uh, what came through for me, but I won't share that yet. Okay. Awesome. Nice. Thank so, you. yeah. So what, what Neil just shared here is this current way. And then, well, here's this possible new way. And what we would look at later is, so how do you actually move from a current way, new way? Like what are the muscles that one needs to grow and develop to move into this land? What did you what did you call it? The Lord of the Land. The Lord, Lord of the, of the land. land. Lord of the Land. Yeah. So we won't go there just yet. I'd love to hear. Would either of you like to share what you saw? I don't know if it's fully formed. That was beautiful, Neil. Um, mm -hmm. I saw an orchestra conductor. Um, I very much relate. Bradley mirrors a lot of my own stuff. And um, but I saw an orchestra conductor, somebody who was a specialist in a particular instrument maybe, and is now needing to let go of that specialization and trust that the symphony and the harmony that comes from the many instruments is, is also is part of the gift and, and the trick in navigating um, that <laughs> and like allowing for the, the different tones, the different pieces to flow together that there's a purpose for the conductor just as there is that individual instrument and and the challenge that comes in being able to be that confident because the first image I saw was just somebody super grounded like I saw him just sort of 
taking it in and, and being really confident in um, knowing that he knows what to do when, when he needs to do it. So yeah. Anyway, I love metaphor. I love, love exploring all this. Yeah. Awesome. I definitely relate to the orchestra conductor. It definitely feels like a big piece of what I do and what I do. Nice. Beautiful. Thank you. How about you, Diane? So my, um, well, the first thing that came to my mind was um, trust or belief. You know, having that trust and belief that what he's creating, he's so capable of creating. Um, Mine was actually um, like the queen bee, but he would be the king bee. Mm. It's kind of what came to mind. And I'm like, I'm visualizing, you know, he's standing there and he's got this, he has this mic because I I was kind of giggling because, so he's like telling all these little bees what to do. And then he's just kind of like, um, my metaphor for him you know, shutting the computer and everything was pretty much just dropping the mic. Like he took, he's, he gave all everybody instructions and he was like, just dropping the mic. <laughs> nice. I love that. How's yeah. It these reflections coming. These are great. Yeah. It's really, it's neat to hear all the different uh, versions of this. Um, and uh, I mean, did you want to share, did anything yeah, come? Yeah. 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 So um, I mean, I didn't get to drop in the same way leading it, but the image, the current way image that kept coming up was, um, like a lion, a lion with his pride and, um, just like out on the Savannah and is really like king of king of what's happening. Um, but, but there are, are threats all around. And so this, the kind of the sense of keeping everyone safe and fed and hunting and making sure that everyone's in the right place at the right time to keep the energy going. Um, so there's a, just that, yeah, this real sense of both like in a way top of his game, but what's um, driving it is survival and, and staving off hunger. So, yeah. And I didn't get a new way, but man, I got shivers when you were talking about the orchestra conductor as a new way of being. So I'd love to share like what was hitting about that, that actually feels distinct from the current way. And it's really around the, that when you are a conductor, you are not making you, you are not making the music. You are not a musician. And some of what I heard as possibilities for um, growing into that way of being is Yes, you're, there are all the different musicians and their different parts who all have their different parts and you're responsible for having all this music come together, but it is not your job to run over there and sit down and pick up that violin. And it is not your job to run over there and play the flute. And if somebody is off key or misses their bit, that's not actually yours to own, but it is your responsibility to ensure everything keeps going. And then I loved this drop the mic bit. Cause I was like, and there, and there's something about like when the score's over, it's over. Yeah. And so how do you start to have that in your, um, like I almost wondered about some kind of practice of around that, like the, the performance is done, the applause happened. And then working with, I think where the, the muscle is, is like, 
how do I, how do I work with the anxious energy of feeling like I need to soothe myself in that off time and letting that really fill and fortify you to go back out on stage again? Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think that's where my uh, vision comes in. Uh, So I love every, everything you said there was very uh, super cool and definitely on point. Um, Yeah. Really interesting to reflect on all of these pieces for mine. Um, what I saw was this, I was climbing this snow cap mountain with a long beard and a giant bag and my crew coming up behind me. And it was just like a slog and we get up to the top and there's like a hut with like a straw roof and there's like an ancient mountain goat with giant horns there. And he's just like munching on long grass that's up on the roof. And he's just kind of sitting there, like really just like chilling and looking out over like the mountain range. And he just looked over at me and he's like, chill, man. <laughs> and so I feel like that mountain goat energy is what I need to bring when I complete my work day is like now it's my opportunity to just like look out over the mountain range. I just climbed the mountain today. I'm done with the mountain for today. I'll be climbing again tomorrow, but I just need to chill. Just like rest my nervous system, clear my head. Don't be checking anything until it's time to check tomorrow because it'll still be there. Just enjoy the view from where we got to today. Beautiful. So cool. Thanks, Thank Go. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Goat. Yeah, Goat. Goat medicine for yeah. Brad. Need more goats in my life. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, would anybody else like to play with this? Diane, would you like to find a possible current way, new way for yourself? Sure. Yeah. Um, so my two things that I wrote down was um, I just have, I've always put everybody's needs before my own. That's just kind of where I fell in my family, taking care of everybody. And then my current family, it's I'm kind of the go to person and have always, you know, I'm not complaining. It's just that's what I do. Um, but my I think my issue is I think. Like when I'm faced with with another task to do, um, regardless of what it is, I always think that I can I can manage that one more thing. Mm-hmm. Like I I can do this, you know. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think if I sat with it long enough, I don't know what hole I would go in. But I think there's many. <laughs> so that's kind of what I. And, and just to clarify what you mean, but like if you sat enough with the pattern, what hole you would like discover yeah, just what's that statement. About- yeah. Right. Just that, that, um, you know, I think I can manage one more thing. Um, can, can I ask yeah, a question? Yeah. In, in the moment that someone asks you, and it might be helpful to think of like a recent time where someone asks you and you, and you have the, Oh, I can, I think I can manage one more thing. What do you check for? Where does your attention go to check whether or not you can manage that one more thing? I kind of do this real quick calendar shot. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm constantly adjusting things so that I can fit another thing in. Okay. That's kind of like my initial, that's one of the things. And the other thing is, um, and this is what I mean when I say I can, I could probably go down some really deep holes that um, I noticed this pattern started with me. Um, it was after my mom passed away. And I remember the year after she passed away, you could not fit another thing on my calendar. Okay. Because I think if you fit something on that calendar, then I would have time to deal with her passing. Okay. So I think that I've carried that then moving forward in, you know, the loss of my dad and then dealing with cancer. I think if I let grass grow under my feet, yeah, I don't You're know that I want to know what's going to Yeah, I mean, so... And that, that just kind of like just all evolved when you asked the question. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's huge. So, so it's like, as long as there's, I hear a couple of um, ways of seeing is like in, when checking for people asking you for things, it's like, as long as there's space on my calendar, I'll get it done. Like if there's any way to squeeze that in, I will meet your need. Yeah. Um, and so there's, you're not actually checking for, is this a priority to me? Am I keeping some space for me? So that's the the pattern. So things get real squashed and like, no wonder it feels like this. Well, and I will tell you, like I schedule, I schedule my, I schedule my me time. Like I schedule my exercise. I, I, I've always done that. Okay. You now, so I, I do try to fit that in. Okay. And great. It's not that's not one of the first things that goes, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't give that up just so I can do X, Y, and Z. You know okay, what I mean? Cool. Good. Not all okay. the time. <laughs> right. So it sounds like it's, it's not like, um, you will override your own health to, on behalf of other people, but you will show up for any of the needs if there's time and space. And then the other way of seeing it sounds like is, um, oh, if there's real space to feel the pain that's under here, I don't want to know what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's stepping back and reprioritizing. Um, it sounds like your way would be, yeah, I'll step back and reprioritize, but it's still keeping it real full and busy and kind of keeping this at bay. Is is this okay? Is this kind of level of emotional depth okay to be doing in this moment? Yeah, you're okay. Thank you. Thanks for your naming what it's like. Sometimes we get into something and then we go, oh my God, I didn't know that that was there. And here it is. Yeah. Okay. And it just presented itself. And, and I just feel like, I feel like as a result of joining Creators Club, it's really pushed me into areas that have been um, hard, but but needed, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've really, I've really been dealing with a lot in trying to work through this club, you know, and, and it's finally, it's finally for me, it's something, it's my own, you know? So that's why this focus, it's just like, it's, it's, I just keep telling myself, you know what, this, it's your turn. Mm, nice. 
Beautiful. Okay. So with that spirit, it's your turn. Let us take a deep breath and feel into Diane's way. If there is space on my calendar, I will meet that need. And so things are full, active, busy. And the priorities of others are priorities of Diane's. And there's a longing to make it more mine. My priorities are leading instead of their priorities are leading. So as we feel into this topic in this way, what is it that feels so important and meaningful and matters to Diane that has her go the way she goes? and say yes to what she says yes to, and prioritizes what she prioritizes. Feeling into this way of seeing, of going. Take another deep breath, letting it all go, and see what images or metaphors arise. Again, letting it go and letting it come as best as possible. There's no right, there's no wrong. Is it a motto? Is it an image? Maybe more than one comes. If you want to start writing one down, do. If you'd like to take another couple of breaths to allow it to come, do that too. And once you write it down, whatever it is, it doesn't need to be fully formed, of course. This is emergence. Whatever you've got, write it down. And then settle back. And closing your eyes and tuning into a possible new way. So if Diane has, she was already embodied reprioritizing what matters to her, her needs, her priorities, her space. What new beliefs might be guiding Diane? How might her behavior shift? Her energy, her attention? How might she carry out her important priorities in a new way? Again, any images, metaphors, slogans? Anything that arises, go ahead and write it down.
Okay. Welcome to our magical process of emergent leadership. Diane, do you feel ready to receive some current way, new way reflections from our folks? Okay. Who'd like to start? Bradley. Oh, oh, no, Claudia. Yeah, let's hear from you first. I don't know that I just the vision was so strong. So I saw her taking off on a sailboat uh, by herself out of a marina, leaving all the other boats behind. And I just see this gorgeous image of you like at the front of the boat with the wind in your hair. And it was the sense of like you setting off on your own adventure by yourself, for yourself towards something so expansive and beautiful and having the confidence to face the wide open ocean on your own. So just really, it was a strong image. So I just wanted to share that. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. That's fun. I'll, I'll add into that if that's okay, because mine was also an ocean themed adventure. So in mine, it was, uh, you were a, a 10 armed octopus because eight arms wasn't enough to do all the things that you were trying to do. And you're just like, you're doing all these things. You got a little paint going on. You're cooking some food over here. You're like lifting some weights over here. There's just like all these things. You're holding a baby. Like you're just doing all the things. And like the octopus had this giant heart in the center of it because it was all done from love. And then in the next, the new way of being, I just saw you like, gently set all the things down and then in a spiral like motion all of your arms wrapped around yourself and you wrapped yourself in like a a spiral of arms and you just like held yourself and then the words that came through on this trusty piece of cardboard was my needs my dreams my art my work my desires are important beautiful those are great those are great um mine wasn't as as uh visually stimulating but i i, I kept seeing diane actually it was in a big white void because and it was just you and you're walking to this destination far from the distance it's almost like a garden out there and you knew that was where you had to get to that was a place of healing like if you went there and you knew you had to get there and, and things would happen there. But along the way, people kept handing you bags and handing you things. And you knew the more you carried, the slower you would get there because you weren't, you didn't really want to get there. So you go, oh yeah, you know, I'll carry that too. And I'll put that over here. And you go slower and slower and slower and you're never getting there. And the the new way of thinking, I guess, would be to just as you pass, people will be like, I'll be right back. I'll see you on the way back. I'll be much better then and just get there. And then on the way back, you can be like, okay, now I can help you. Now I can help you. What do you need? You know, so that's kind of how it came through for me. Awesome. That was amazing. I just, oh gosh, I'm so grateful to you guys. <laughs> um so mine actually happened. Um, the metaphor that came to me as you talked us through this. Um, so I was walking on the beach this weekend and the sun was rising. And 
it was one of those things where are you ever in a moment and you know in that moment that this is part of the big bigger picture like you actually recognize it at that moment and so I'm I'm walking along the beach I'm by myself and I have my flip-flops in my hands and I have a cup of tea and I'm trying to take pictures of the sunrise. So that's all the stuff that I always do. Okay. So my hands are full and I thought, okay, I'm going to just set my flip-flops down and my tea down. So I set my flip-flops down and no sooner do I get my flip-flops and doesn't a wave come in and try to take my flip-flop. And I'm like, I turn around at that wave and I'm like, now mind you, there's people on the beach, but it's not crowded. And I'm sitting there thinking as I'm going through this, I'm giggling because I'm like, if anybody's watching me, they're going to think, who is this nutcase? Because I am literally running into the ocean, grabbing my flip-flop. I still have my tea and my other flip-flop in my hand. And I'm laughing so hard I could have peed my pants. And I was just like, this is what this is what I need to do. This is this is how I need to move forward, you know, not take everything so seriously and just embrace embrace what I, what I'm doing. And all of this weekend was about being about me. Like it was, it was a choice that I made and I was by myself. And I can tell you, I've never felt more at peace moving forward after this weekend. So that that was kind of my experience. Cool. You've got some cool uh, nature metaphors here. What a lot of ocean stuff. Yeah. Which well, I love the water. Like I love the beach. I love the water. That's my happy place. Nice. I'd love to share the things that came up for me. The new way also had water. The current way that I saw was um, the way of the a medic. And so, um, you know, and the, one of the nuances with it, when you said like, I keep I, I don't my my exercise doesn't go. So I do have routines. So it's like She's got her routines to keep her well so that she can show up to those who need care. And a a kind of, um, yeah, it's like my waking up and showing up is about meeting whoever is injured, in pain. And I wondered, as you've shared this kind of keeping at bay the grief, if part of that tending is when I show up and take care of those needs in the moment, I'm mitigating further loss and that potentially saying no to opportunities or relationships or other people's needs that no itself could activate feelings of grief or loss in the moment. Does that, does that resonate at all? Yeah. So, yeah, I saw this like really full hearted. I love the octopus with the big heart, you know, this full hearted want to be of service. And I take care of myself to the degree that I can keep giving. And then the new way I saw Claudia was I didn't see a sailboat, but I saw you on a ship like I am embarking on my own journey. And that's the destination. And if you want to come go where I'm going, fine, get on board. You know, we'll all like muck the deck or whatever it's called and they can do, you know, so there's a, there's a willingness and desire to be in community and have others along, but the, where the ship is going is mine. I've set the trajectory and my give happens within that trajectory. 
And then I, th- I felt too that the ocean metaphor and the water metaphor, you know, sometimes there's, sometimes you have to navigate emotional storms and that the, the unpredictability or the dynamism of the ocean is something that um, you need to steal yourself for or, or work to be really present in and navigate. And then other times you can be really healed and nourished by those calm seas and quiet open ocean. That was what I'd seen. Thank you. That was all spot on. Thank you. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. So this is a process. This is one of the things that I love to do with people because then we start to see, you know, I'll be curious if Brad tonight, when it's time to shut down that computer and then you go to grab your phone, if the goat's going to go, yo, put that shit away, you know, like, so we start to get drawn these. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, we've been talking about building a family box that we put our phones in. And so Soren's going to help us build the box and I'm going to find a a goat image to put on the box. Love that. Awesome. So the last thing I'd love to offer here as we explore these things and and for Claudia and, and Neil, I mean, we can all do this some other time just together anyway. And hopefully just seeing this has started to kind of light some stuff up around what it's currently like and, oh, what, what might I be leaning into? But one of the things that can happen when we start to see the new possibility, just like when we have a new vision, is it's like, well, how do I cross that gap? Like a lot of times when I develop a program for a client that has these current way, new way, they go, oh, well, that new way would be great. You know, maybe Diane goes, yes, I would love to get on my sailboat and sail out into the ocean. But like, how do I do that? How do I do that when the current way is so entrenched? And so one of the things that we look for is, well, what are the muscles? What are the muscles that I actually need to develop? to be able to move from a current way to new way. And that can be, sometimes we can see that on our own. Sometimes it takes other people's help, but that would be a final thing that what I'd love to do is share what I see for both Bradley and Diane. And, and then we all take a minute to just kind of write like what's one or two muscles that if I flexed them and built them a little bit stronger, it could start to move me towards this. And so, um, a couple thoughts came to mind for you, Bradley, is um, one is the capacity to be bored. And why I share this is you, there's so much happening and so much intensity to it. And, and when you talked about the dopamine hit, it's like to move from all of that into home space the the hits that you get when you try to not get those hits probably a couple things are going to happen one is the the survival anxiety will arise but also it's going to be a different kind of field that might feel a little boring like actually needing to kind of pass through um non input does that resonate for you you're muted. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, allowing for the, uh, the exhale at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And then um, Diane, a couple thoughts. One 
feels like in the territory of now what I just shared with Bradley was emotional. Like I'll, I have all sorts of different kind of lenses I look at in the background for muscle development, but it also feels like an emotional territory for you um, from both like being able to be comfortable with a range of emotion, painful emotions and positive emotions such that because my senses from what you shared is that if there's space that space feels a little frightening. And so then things go in the space. And so one muscle could be an ability to be in space and not fill that space, but then stuff's going to come up. And so what's going to come up that you can then be with. And as you're able to stay present with your emotions in space, my prediction is you will be more able to say no to things to be able to more clearly prioritize your own. Because my sense is, yes, they're stepping back to prioritize and go, this is the thing I want. But when there's so many of other people's needs, even getting to the what is my priority can sometimes be murky. But let me check. Does that resonate for you? Yeah. Um kind of be bold where no man has gone before kind of thing is <laughs> what came to my mind. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And like, and being able to stay, you know, people who we are, we live in such a busy, productive time with so much input. And, and I don't think we get much from whether it's our family system, our culture, um, our education systems, like there isn't a much emotional education for how do I stay? with challenging feelings and not have to pop out of them or solve them or move them or move into something else and make something happen. And so it does, it feels like this, you know, like how do I really rest on the ocean of my interior and allow my deepest priorities to emerge from that? And part of what, when we are in a deeper kind of stillness with ourselves, all sorts of things emerge, challenging emotions and our deeper priorities. So there's the, yeah, it feels like they're all in there. And in, and in order to get to the depths of what's true for you and be able to prioritize it, you also need to be able to be with the other things that arise. Ah, thank you. Thanks for, so much for your vulnerability and your honesty. Okay. So in our last couple minutes, before we start to wrap, um, Let's all take a nice deep breath and then look back at your own pieces. This is for Claudia, for Neil, for those of you watching the recording. Um, I'm going to guess probably there was something in here that happened for Diane or for Bradley that they're different than you. They've got a different set of circumstances, different patterns, different ways of being. But there are there any threads that opened up seeing your own circumstances in a new way? And as you tune into what you might be seeing in a new way, what feels like one or two muscles, new capacities that you might like to put some attention on, some light on growing? And Diane, your dog is so delicious.
Okay, everybody got a muscle? So as I, well, I'd love to hear briefly before we, I kind of just have our, our wrap up completion uh, prompt for all of us to share. Uh, Neil or Claudia, would either of you like to share a new insight or a new muscle that you see for yourself? Neil, you're going first. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll go ahead. Um, so the thing I've been thinking about uh, through the whole process, my my thing I'm focusing on, um, my edge, is um, it's a new musical project I'm involved in. Um, and typically it's been two different circumstances. Either I'm in a group of people and we're all equal and we're all writing original things and contributing. And I love that. Or I've joined like a established cover band where someone is leading it and they choose the songs and they make sure everything's working. But in this new project that I'm putting together, I'm going to be the, the band leader or whatever. So it's a it's a new situation for me to be in. Um, and the ways I tend to, um, the way I am in this situation and that sort of situation, right? Um, is usually defer to others to lead when in a group atmosphere. Um, and, but I'm an INFJ, I feel like, and I relate to the fact that like if, if thrown into a leadership position or no one else wants to lead, I'm comfortable, I'm very comfortable doing that because then I feel like I have the, the okay from everybody to do it or whatever. Um, also, it's the feeling that if it fails, it's not on my shoulders. I did my best as a cog in the machine. I, I moved my part along, you know, um, or afraid that others, yeah, like won't follow or value the vision. Like I don't have the okay to to go out there and be like, all right, guys, this is what we're gonna do. This is a great idea. It's gonna work. And so um I guess it's just the the muscle, maybe just is just do it. That's my plan, is I'm just gonna do it, you know. So I don't know if that's a muscle. Um, or if I miss, you know, missing something obvious, which might be the case, definitely. I mean, taking action, taking can be a muscle for sure. Like the ability to act and what it, what it sounds like is to be able to, the muscle for you right now is to be able to act and with authority, like I'm going to own this. And so yeah. then if it does fail, oh, it is on me. So there's a, there's a little bit more like I love the image of cog in a machine, like a current way of that's a comfort zone is cog in the machine and we're all doing it together. And now I'm going to, I'll be putting a stake in the ground with each action that I take. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Claudia, how about you? I'm having a big process actually. So I, um, I wondered what was going over there. It was like, I looked like stuff's happening. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to put it into words, but the fact that we're running out of time and this feeling of scarcity because there's just not enough for me. There's never enough time for me. There's never enough love for me that I, you know, this, this myth of martyrdom or this, um, I mean, I related to everything that everybody shared, like asking, um, people to support me. And I feel like I'm at a threshold with my work because for 14 years, you know, my light, I've shared my light and my gifts in support of others sharing theirs. And the message loud and clear for years has been, 
it's time for you to shine your own light and to um, give yourself your creative energy. And the overwhelm, I think at times is, well, what does that even look like? Because I don't know what, you know, because I've, I'm a Pisces, I've navigated duality is a big theme as well. And so this, it always feels like there's this paradox and this um, pull in two different directions. Um, and so the, the work for me has been to really you know, that's why yoga for me has been so profound. It's that union. It's finding the the middle way, the middle path, the third option that creativity allows for me to not stay stuck in one or the other or feel that that pull. So anyway, there's so much in there. There's a feeling of just a burdening, you know, of that 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 heaviness that I came into this session with, because for me, the self-care goes out the window when, you know, stuff needs to get done. I very much relate to Diane. It's like um, I look at my calendar and where can I squeeze it in instead of feeling into my body and asking, is this can I do this energetically? Do I want to do this? Because that didn't even feel like uh, a possibility growing up. It was just, you know that's okay. I'll do it. And so, um, yeah. And one thing I've noticed a lot right now, the conversation I've been in recently is about mental health going into winter and having this really intense time in the, in the United States and the world. And a lot of my clients are therapists and I, and so, um, and I realized that one thing I've been sensing is how, when you project this idea of this Im image of strength and competence, and being the oldest that just kind of was okay, um, nobody checks in with the people who are strong or very rarely do people check in with the people who have their ish together. And I've just realized, you know, the over many years, I've realized like, well, then let people know, you know, and, and energetically allow yourself to be supported. So it's like, I've been working that for a while, but right now I'm feeling that sort of somebody said something like, oh my gosh, you're just, I'm so inspired by you. You're always this, this, and this. And I was like, you know, anyway, but this was really powerful. And I'm really just sitting with, um, what is the new, what is the new that, um, what is that image? What is that energetic? And, being really grateful because every time I feel like I'm at my threshold, something like this emerges and the people show up to support me in direct and indirect ways. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for sharing all that. And, you know, I, I'm always amazed by the kind of magical, you know, like I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on with Claudia and Claudia has been a little bit quieter. And then, you know, different folks are jumping in. And then even that exchange with Neil at the end, as you're looking and you went, no, you go. So it's like, oh, there it is alive, right? In this very moment of everyone kind of get theirs. And then if there's time, maybe I'll get mine. And if you'd like to stay on now or jump on um, another time together, I'd be happy to work with you with what you found and, and get you a current way in a new way um, that you can start playing with. So, Thank you. Thank yeah, you. you're, so welcome. you're so welcome. Do we have, I know we started a few minutes late from recording wise and everybody's schedule. Do we have like two minutes for everyone to offer a quick checkout? Can we do that? Okay. 
So here would be, it's like, what am I taking away? You could think of it like, what's one new thing that I saw about myself that I'm leaving with, or one thing I want to try, like what's a nugget that you're leaving this workshop with. And if you are at home watching this video, don't skip this part, take a moment to write it down, circle it, stick it on your wall, let it be a new beacon. I'm going to buy a goat today. Can't wait. <laughs> or and I'll get a goat tattoo just so when I'm inside and my goat's not with me that I can look at my tattoo and just remember to chill and to soften into the space and just enjoy the view. Well, you've got the beard going. So you're start, you got right. started. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this idea of the computer or the email, the getting stuff done, equaling survival. Like I'm really now noticing where that's a definitely part of my, my path. And, but for me, it was more like, um, completion equals survival, like launching a project meant I got paid. And so, you know, staying up till three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> like doing this, I'm beating myself up for not taking care of myself. But what I'm really going to sit with is how can I notice that sort of survival mode kicking in? Um, and, and yeah, I'd love some tips from you, Chayla, at some point about like, how do you shift that pattern? Because it does feel like this hook, you know, that gets me and it's like, oh my God, all of a sudden there goes all my yoga training. There goes all my self-care and I'm in this loop. So anyway, but that was really powerful and, and yeah, just all of it has been profound. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to buy a boat. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. We'll be right there. There you go. I'll come by and pick you up. Um, this was so helpful because I am such a visual person. And the, you know, just what everybody shared, that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna move me forward. You know, that octopus is, you know, I'm gonna get the tattoo too, because you know, that'll. I just do so well with that. You know what I mean? Like if, if you show me a picture, I can identify. So I just, I take from, from this workshop that, you know, not that you gave me permission, but you gave me the ideas, you know? So thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Awesome. Um, moving ahead. I, I am going to give myself permission to lead in this new project and, and just have the faith that people will follow that. Awesome. Thank you. This is great. Thanks. Thanks. And, and really, I just want to give a final, like I am, what I'm really taking away and so touched by is collaboration and what happens in spaces where we can be really vulnerable and real. And it's like, it was vulnerable to share your edges and also vulnerable to share your metaphors for the other, like the way that you all played and, and dove in has been so meaningful. So thanks. Thanks for inviting me into this space. Right over so, to you, Bradley, do the thing. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Okay. Here we are at the end of the thing today, everybody. <laughs> and if you want more of this, Shayla is one of our coaches in the Creators Club, so you can come work your muscles on a month-to-month, day-to-day basis with all of us here. Uh, go to magicmedia.com. That's M-A-J-I-K, media.com slash creators dash club. Check it out. Apply. 
Uh, you have until November 30th, 2022 to get in on our January 9th cohort. It's a year-long commitment because a lot will happen in a year of working in this collaborative space. So if you're ready for your next level, this is your invitation. Follow your heart. And uh, tomorrow, come get coached. We have a Magic Mind coaching session. All of us will be here. Come with your business woos. Come with your questions. Come with your tech questions. Come with your launch questions, your intentions, all the things that you want to support with. And don't be shy. Be vulnerable and watch your life transform. Thanks for being here, everybody. Take care, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Making Magic Podcast with your host, Bradley T. Morris from Magic Media. If you're inspired to leverage your life's work by crafting your transformational, educational, and inspirational media, thriving online community, profitable membership, or to turn your message into a movement, then head on over to magicmedia.com. That's M-A-J-I-K media.com and explore what our Creators Club or partnership opportunities have to offer you and your beautiful business.